0: Lord Jesus, we come to you. We come to you, Lord, and we thank you, and we offer you our praise uh, in the midst of storm like Dave did. We offer you our praise in the midst of sunshine. We offer our praise um, in the midst of whatever we are in, Lord, because we know that you are worthy of all praise. And so I thank you that uh, we can walk uh, in a manner. that would please you because you have gone before us, because you have sent another counselor, because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us as believers, Lord, and so we can walk uprightly in that, no matter what the circumstance is. So thank you, Jesus, for letting us to, you know, choose to live above the line because we have everything we need for life and godliness. You, you tell us that in the second Peace of God. You tell us that. And so let us choose to live that way and not live by our, you know, I feel like this or I want to, whatever, it's not that. It's who you are in us. And so, Lord, change us. Change us now. We want to hear from you. We want to be changed like uh, Daniel. We want to uh, pray like Daniel. We want to continue to resolve in our heart, resolve in our heart, purpose in our heart, uh, to walk the way you would have us walk, Lord. And so... We give you all glory. We give you all honor. We're thankful for Monica and her family moving here and uh, how you have uh, led her every step of the way. We thank you uh, for her being here. We ask that you would just pour out a blessing on her and let her know how much she's loved by us, but importantly, more importantly, loved by you, Lord. And so thank you for her and her family. May you just continue to grow them up here, and may they, they just sense that this is absolutely right smack dab where they're supposed to be. So thank you. Uh, teach us today in Jesus' name. Amen? amen. Come on, amen? amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Open up to Daniel 9 because we are studying Daniel's prayer. Daniel 9 is the most prophetic chapter of the Bible, in the whole Bible. And most people study the prophecy and they don't study the the, uh, the prayer. Okay, but it's more important that we study the prayer and then we're going to go to the prophecy. Okay? Because the prophecy is, is then based on you know, what he was praying about, okay, because that's the best thing, right? So, we learn about why we study prophecy, and it's not to become, you know, like some knowledgeable, smarter sinner. It's, it's so that we know that if you have your little timeline, let me grab this for a minute, if you have your timeline, Daniel, we know that everything has happened from, <coughs> like, the fall of Jerusalem, where we started, okay, all the way to the happy face before uh, the rapture. And so, that is it was prophesied and it came true okay so therefore the happy face forward will be true is that correct okay so we know that we know that that's how we continue to study that uh and why we study prophecy so as we are i only have a black and white one for you sweetheart uh as we are walking um through daniel uh sure as walk into you're walking through Well, that's a bummer. I mean, that's good though. <laughs> All right. Last week we we're in Daniel nine, uh, in the beginning of Daniel nine, and then, um, and so I just I don't want to start reading there, but I do want to give you just a little, a little brief summary because the the prayer of Daniel um, came about because Daniel was a studier of the word of God. Did he have the New Testament there then? No, but he had Jeremiah, right? He had one of the major prophets, Jeremiah. And he was studying Jeremiah 25, okay? And he was studying uh, verses 11 and 12. Of course, he didn't have it marked that way, but now we do, okay? It was like, oh, Jeremiah 25. Right, and he was studying, and he realized that he had been captive there for 67 years, taken from Jerusalem to Babylon for 67 years. And Jeremiah said that the captivity of Babylon, uh, in Babylon, was going to be for 70 years. And so he's like, I'm in the last three years of this. And so, because he was a prayer warrior, because, you know, he always prayed, he prayed, you know, uh, basically, corporately, um, by opening the windows up and praying to the east, praying to Jerusalem, right? Three times a day, but he was always communing with his God because he had purposed in his heart. He had purposed in his heart, okay? He had resolved in his heart like we learned in Daniel 1. So during this time, this is about 539, 538 B.C., if you want to get a little history thing going here, okay? Remember, It's when the Persian Medes had taken over Babylon, uh, and Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Persian, okay, they conquered Babylon in Daniel 6, we know that, and Daniel became prime minister and was uh, in the Persian Empire. And the people of Judah, here, the people of Judah are now captive almost 70 years. Almost 70 years, and Daniel knew that the time of captivity was limited to 70 years because it was foretold by Jeremiah, and he wonderfully was a man of, of prayer and a man of studying the word of God. See, that's what we need to be, right? You study the word of God, and you pray. You study the word of God, and pray. They go hand in hand, hand in hand, okay? So, um, and so he's about in his mid-80s, and um, the time was at hand for the return of his people, and so he assumed the role of intercessor, of intercessor, which which would be a very natural thing for him to do because he was such a prayer warrior. He didn't just wake up one morning and go, oh, you know what? I can pray about that. No, see, it came out of the inside. It was, you know, over. It was overflowing from the inside out. That then he would be an intercessor for his people, okay, for for Israel and for the temple, because you know Jerusalem at that time was in ruins, without walls and without a temple, okay. So, and so he shares in verses one and two. Uh, Uh, his reason for prayer and then I had mentioned what Spurgeon said and and it bears repeating he said oh that you studied your Bibles more oh that we all did how we could plead the promises how often we should prevail with God when we could hold him to his word and say fulfill this word unto thy servant whereon thou hast caused me to hope oh it is grand praying when our mouth is full of God's word for there is no word that can prevail with him like his own for there is no word that can prevail uh, with him like his own. Those are his promises. By the way, there are over 3,500 promises in the word of God. 3,500. That is your assignment for this week. <laughs> 3,500 promises in the word of God. Um, just google promises, God's promises, like I asked you last week, and you'll see his promises just unveiled. And when they're God's promises, guess what? He'll never fail you on because he's God. Okay? So we learn that, and then and that it would be accomplished in 70 years, and that that we could, he realized that we could, um, that he could. Uh, Hurry his coming, hurry the coming of, of, of not being captive, just like we can hurry the coming of the Lord. Like in first excuse me, Second Peter three verse twelve, when we were studying that, by leading holy lives, by leading a godly life, holy conduct, right? So that people can see a difference in us. We they will come to know Jesus, right? We can hurry his coming. By evangelism, by prayer, we can hurry his coming. It's like in Revelation twenty-two when he says, Maranatha, you know, come quickly, Lord. Okay, we can hurry his coming. So we are to live that way, just like Daniel lived, to hurry the coming of, um, out of captivity for his people. Okay? And so um, and what, when I was studying this this week, you guys, this, you know, this just was amazing. See, Daniel reads this, and he realizes it's three years, okay? So remember, he could go, oh, you know what, it's three years, okay? So God says it's three years, so I'm just going to sit back and be prime minister, and okay, it's going to be three years. But he didn't. He didn't do that. He God wants us to join in partnership with him, right? He invites us into partnership with him to accomplish his purposes. And as I was studying this, I realized that Daniel was asking God to take the earliest Possible starting point. In other words, Daniel's abduction from Jerusalem for determining the beginning of the 70 years of captivity. Because in history, when you read about this, okay, 587 is when Jerusalem falls and a nation is exiled, 597 is when Jerusalem is attacked and the treasure is taken from the temple. 6.05 is when Jerusalem is attacked. No, they're all attacked by King Nebi, all attacked, you know, the same thing by Babylon. But it's 6.05 that Daniel and other captives are taken to Babylon. Okay, so do you see the difference? There's an 18-year span there. Okay, and so, and so Daniel is praying, hey, Lord, you know what? Um, take the latest one so that we can have... You know, less than this because I see that there's only three years, and so I'm asking that it would be this 70 years and not another, you know, not from this date, not from this date, but from this date. Are you following me? I mean, how excellent is that that he went and just boldly asked him and came before him and said, Look, you know what? I'm going to prevail with you in prayer. I'm going to prevail. I'm going to prevail with God in prayer. And then God takes the earliest starting point to determine the 70 years. Then his mercy comes to Israel 18 years earlier. Are you following me? That's exactly what we can do to hurry his kingdom. To hurry his kingdom come, okay, as we continue to do that, all right? So so knowing that this is about three years short of him coming, you know, it was it was not too soon, for Daniel to begin praying. So he joined in being a partner, in being an agent, a human agent, right, that God partners with to pray. Okay, so he prayed and in God's eternal decrees, okay, human agencies are essential. We are made for relationship. We are made to be in partner with him. Okay, and so what happens is God's plan of the agency of the of the ages is declared okay, he's the one who absolutely declares it, okay Jeremiah made the prophecy because we know about in Jeremiah 25 Daniel's the prayer warrior and then Cyrus makes the decree so do you see all the human agents so that's, that's that is so um, exciting to me that's, a, that's like a purpose filled life, right that we're we are causing the hand of God to move, right, he loves that that we cause his hand to move, okay? And so, he prays, and if you remember, he prayed, and the first thing he did is he set his face, and he had concentration, remember? Concentration and determination, he set his face. And then he had, he made requests, he had supplication. That means pleading, he was pleading with the Lord, okay? And then, um, like Spurgeon said, if you ask a little, you get but a little. If you ask God for a little... You get but a little okay? And then he was fasting. He was fasting, meaning he was humbling himself with sackcloth and ashes before the Lord, okay? He was, he was taking a very low, humble position, and God loves that. And then he was honest. He just shared outrightly that, you know what, I'm not going to conceal anything because you are the all-knowing God. You know everything anyway, and so I'm just going to share with you that, you know what, I'm confessing all these wrongdoings. And it wasn't a prayer of they, pointing fingers. It was a prayer of we. We have done wrong. We have done wrong. And Daniel easily could have said what? They, they, they. But he didn't. He said he was a part of the people, and he's like we. We have done wrong, okay? And so in verse 4, we're going to pick up in verse 4 through 15, Daniel now confesses the sin of his people and glorifies the goodness and the righteousness of God. So 9 verse 4, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O oh Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps this covenant of love with all who love Him and obey His commands. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled and we have turned away from Your commands and laws. We have not listened to Your servants, the prophets, who spoke in Your name to our kings, our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah and the people of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. O oh Lord, we and our kings, our princes and our fathers, are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us, because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing upon us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what was done, what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not what? Him. We have not obeyed him. So he's continually coming after him, continually coming after him after them asking them to turn asking them to repent asking them to turn and they did not okay the first thing you notice in this prayer is he worships he worships okay just like Dave was doing when he was um, reading the wor- word of God in, in his pain okay he's worshiping okay he's absolutely under this attitude of humility um, coupled with a boldness in approach but he worships he worships the great God and he says oh Lord great and awesome God right <laughs> he gives him his due, and that's his perfect character that's god's perfect character great and awesome God all right so he's worshiping he's showing respect for god's faithfulness and righteous dealings with his people. As we read through those verses, you can see how he, he commented on how he's the holy judge who cannot let rebellion go. Okay, He's the holy judge. He worships him as that. He's compassionate and forgiving that he called him as he worships. He will not let his people be afflicted forever. In other words, he's calling him his attributes, his names. He is you know calling out who he is in worship. That's how we always should start. We set our face, we concentrate, we're determined, and and we want to be humble before him, right? As we are being honest before him, and we start worshipping him. We start worshipping him. We tell him who he is. In the midst of all our struggles, you you tell him who he is. Because he's way bigger than your struggle. He's the one who's gone before you. He knows the end from the beginning, and you worship him. Okay? Daniel began his prayer where we all should, recognizing God's greatness, recognizing God's goodness. No matter where you are, if you're in a problem, coming into a problem, going out of a problem, it doesn't make any difference. It's, it's who he is, not what you're in. It's who he is, okay? And sometimes I think we approach God as like this stingy kind of person, this stingy God who must be like persuaded to give us something. You know, how we like, he'd come up and like sort of try to you know, persuade him to give us something, okay? But Daniel knew the problem wasn't with God. The problem isn't with God, you guys. The problem is with us, okay? The problem was with Israel. The problem is with us. It's not with God, okay? God keeps his covenant, he says. He keeps his covenant. He's the covenant-keeping God. He's the promise-keeping God, okay? And mercy with those who love him. Okay, so he's, he's giving him the due that is necessary Him and worshiping him, okay? And so when you are reading this prayer, you see Daniel's prayer is marked for his understanding and for his earnestness for his fervency, how he is continuing. See, many of us pray with understanding, but we don't pray with earnestness. And then some of us pray with earnestness, but no understanding. We have to pray with understanding and with earnestness, and together, it's a powerful, powerful combination. Uh, Charles Spurgeon says, oh, that our prayers could get beyond praying till they got to agonizing. Have you ever agonized with God? Oh. Have you gotten to the point of just agonizing? Where, you know, you're, you're worshiping Him, you're telling Him who He is, and you're, you're pleading His promises, and, and He knows where you are. <coughs> he knows you're interceding. And you agonize. And you agonize. It's a good thing. It's a good thing because your heart motivation is right. Your heart motivation is right as you're agonizing before the Lord. And he says, back to the scripture, he says, We have sinned and committed in iniquity. We have sinned. It wasn't the they, it wasn't the pointing, it was we have sinned. Sin, you know what sin means? You miss the mark. You miss the mark. And everyone misses the mark. Everyone. So we pray we. We have sinned. We miss the mark. And iniquity is, <coughs> excuse me, distorted and. Uh, Crooked conduct. It's like taking something that's meant for good and then distorting it. Like, for instance, God created sex for a man and for a woman in marriage. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's for procreation. It's for each other, okay? And it's a very good thing. And man has taken it and distorted it. It's distorted it, okay? That's iniquity, okay? Sin, you miss your mark. Iniquity, it's distorted conduct, Okay? So, Daniel is confessing the sin, is confessing the iniquity, okay? Uh, and he confesses he confesses Israel's sin uh, and he prays as if he is just as bad as the rest of Israel. Isn't it great? Because it's a weak prayer. It's a weak prayer. I'm just as bad as these guys. I might not have done all these, but the word of God says, if you broke one, you what? Broke them all. You broke them all. So I fall into this. And it keeps you humble with that, right? And, and it's a confession of we not they. Because if you're only doing they, then you have a tendency to become self-righteous. Right? You have a tendency, well, you know, with with, with this and I... I, No, no, no. It's we. We have sinned. In fact, Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and fallen short of what? The The glory of God. We've all sinned. And so he's standing as this intercessor before the Lord, and he says, you know what? Please, we've sinned. We've committed iniquity. Okay? It's we. It's not a they prayer. And you know... They prayers really never reach God like we prayers do. Because they prayers, uh, you know, take you out of the situation. Right? We prayers put you right in there as the intercessor standing in the game. Wow, well, wow, well, this changes. Changes. Agonize. So, Daniel, continued agonizing. See, we prayers ourselves correctly, right? And it, see, it sees that we have missed the mark as well. And it also allows us to see our fellow saints, you're either a saint or an err, mm-hmm. our fellow saints with compassion, right? Then we're able to see them with compassion, not look what you did, no, right? No, you see them with compassion. You see them as Jesus saw, them, as he saw the crowds, with compassion, because you're praying. We pray. Because you see yourself as forgiven and who you are before him, and then you have compassion for others. And so Daniel's confession when I'm reading this, I was like, you know what, his confession of sin may seem a little phony at first, you know, as I'm as I'm studying this, okay? Until I realized how passionately and completely he's focused on God. He's not focused on the sin, he's not focused on himself, he's not focused on Israel, his whole focus is God. His whole focus is on is God, okay? And compared to God, even the most righteous of us <clears throat> even the most righteous of us fall way short. Okay? So, you know, thankfully, you know, there, we don't have to do the sacrifice anymore for the sin offering, right? Thankfully Jesus made the way, right? And he's the one who bridged that chasm. Right? And he comes to live in us. And so and so thank you that we can walk in that. We can go boldly before the throne, right? As the Holy Spirit, you know, groans for us and Jesus intercedes for us. To God the Father, right? We can we can pray as Daniel does. Spurgeon says this I firmly believe that the better a man's own character becomes, and the more joy in the Lord he has in his own heart, the more capable he is of sympathetic sorrow and probably the more of it he will have. If thou hast room in thy soul for sacred joy, thou hast equal room for holy grief. Let me read that again. I firmly believe that the better a man's own character becomes, and the more joy in the Lord he has in his own heart, the more capable he is of sympathetic sorrow, and probably the more of it he will have. If thou hast room in thy soul for sacred joy, thou hast equal room for holy grief. Then he goes on, uh, then in the scripture he goes on and he says, Okay, we have sinned and committed iniquity. Righteousness belongs to you. Okay, this is the worship part, right, still. Righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face. Righteousness is you, us shame of face, okay. Daniel knew that Israel's sin wasn't God's fault. That's key as you're praying. Okay? Israel's sin wasn't God's fault. Your sin isn't God's fault. Okay? That's why we stand, you know, or or I shouldn't say stand. That's why we, you know, humbly come before our God because we're the ones that are wrong. Okay? God was utterly blameless, utterly righteous. He can't do anything else but that because he's God. Okay? Any shame of faith belonged to Israel, it didn't belong to God. So he's given him worship. Righteousness belongs to you, O oh God. You, oh God. You know, but to us, shame of face. Okay, and you know what? It would be really easy for Daniel to complain to God about Israel's problems in this prayer, wouldn't it? Well, nah, 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 I mean, he could have done a whole litany of stuff. And he did this, and he did this, and he could have complained about his own lot in life that he's taken from Jerusalem, right? He could have done all, but he didn't. He didn't complain. He proclaimed. He didn't complain. Okay, he proclaimed the goodness of who God is. He didn't complain. Okay? And so he 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 um he didn't think for a moment that God was too hard on Israel. Not for a moment, okay? He knew that God is completely righteous and any failure was on Israel's side. Okay, now that's that's the way to posture yourself before the Lord as you pray. Okay, in other words, do you complain to God about problems in your prayers? That complaining, sort of grumbling kind of thing, oh poor, pitiful me, how does this affect me, and where are you when I need you, and all this kind of thing, by the way, he's always there, you're the one that scoots down the bench, you're the one that moves away from him. Okay, right. because, um, or do you complain to God about blanks, problems? (laughs) There's a better question. (laughs) Do you complain to God about blanks, problems, okay? About someone, now Israel was choosing wrong, right? Israel was choosing wrong, okay? So do you complain about someone who is choosing wrong to God? Because Daniel didn't. Daniel said, I see that we have fallen short. There's shame of face here. But I know you're right. I know you're holy. I know you're awesome. I know you're mighty. I know you're bigger than us. Do you see the upside down? It's the upside down. You don't sit and do complaining about him. You proclaim who he is. He already knows we've fallen short, and he loves to come alongside us and take us wherever we need to go. We get changed. The people we're praying for get changed. We're, we're intercessors. We're intercessors. We're standing in the gap, right? We're standing in the gap as we plead his promises, okay? And instead of, of complaining, he proclaimed who God is and he confessed who they were. He confessed, right? He, he confessed. And confessed the, confession means calling it the same as. Calling it the same as. In other words, if you're going to go to God and say, oh, God, well, you know, um, you know, because my sister did this and, and I wasn't able to do this, well, then you can understand that, you know, I mean, you guys, that is a blame and excuse kind of thing, okay? <laughs> that is not confession. Confession has to come to the point where you don't blame anyone and you don't excuse yourself. You don't blame anyone else and you don't excuse yourself. Then you know you're a confession. You own your own sin. I'm not saying you're part of it. You have to come to the point where it's like, you know what, I did this. I. Nobody led me to this. I told you. My own evil desires, it says we the Word of God, lead me to this. And you know what, guys? Most of the time, don't be blaming Satan, the toothless fun. Okay? Just don't do that. Because we have enough inside of us. Okay? The Word of God says that it's our own evil desires. Right? Our own evil desires bring us to that. That's called our flesh. That's ugly. How do we have the good dog in us as well? Right? The Holy Spirit? Whichever dog you feed, what? Wins. Whichever dog you feed, with. Okay, so so we don't go complaining, we go proclaiming who he is and confessing, okay? And, because I was reading some extra biblical stuff, you know, during times of great revival, like D.L. Moody, all different times of great revival in our land, the Holy Spirit always brings a deep, deep conviction of sin. A deep conviction and awareness of sin. That's when the revival starts is when everyone sees themselves as wow i have so missed the mark oh god please forgive me and revival starts individually and collectively collectively it just spreads it just spreads okay and and when that is responded to rightly then confession is appropriately made is appropriately made okay so genuine confession has to be sincere you're not blaming anybody else, and you're not excusing yourself, okay? It has to be sincere, it has to be specific, and it has to be thorough. Genuine confession, as Daniel is doing, has to be sincere, specific, and thorough, okay? And so, for instance, if I say something like, um, you know, um, oh, you know, please pray for me, because I just need to learn how to love these people more in my church and everything, everything. Okay, you guys, that is not a confession, the confession would be, okay, dear Lord, you know what? I had a very sharp tongue with this one. And I am so wrong on this. This was not you and me. I was walking by my evil desires and my flesh, and I am so wrong. Please forgive me for my sharp tongue. Please forgive me. And you know what? Open the door so I can go and ask forgiveness horizontally as well. You can fast vertically with the Lord, you confess horizontally as well. Because it allows the Lord's glory to be seen. When you go and you confess uh, horizontally, what happens is people go uh, uh, oh no!" right? And what happens is God's glory is being seen. You know? Ashes are being thrown, throwing on their head. Right? I mean, that's what happens. He loves that. Because you're walking in that attitude of confession, right? So it's like praying from a very low place. A low place, like you're prostrate, right, that you're low. And our prayers are leveraged when we come to God humble and lowly. And they're leveraged. All right. So he says, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face. Then he goes on to say, we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. Capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh God, personal name of God. Okay? We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. Right? Daniel doesn't make the slightest excuse for Israel's sin. Alright? The fault belongs to Israel and Israel alone. That's just like when we confess, right? We're not making an excuse. It is our fault and our fault alone. Okay? And what happens is, is we are prone for, to our own excuses of our sin. And often we make those excuses right in our confession, like I just right because if you're doing that stop it's as easy as that because God already knows every thought that's ever been on your head before one of them has come to be. so you're not being honest with him and so the only person that you're hurting is you is you if you're you know if you're trying to you know get around the fact that, that that you have bitterness or you have this or you have that guys why try you know what do you want to go around the mountain a million more times Really? You don't need to. Confess it. Be honest before him. There's no need for excuses. The excuses are because we don't want to be honest with ourselves. Because we're trying to make ourselves look good in front of God and guess what? There's no good thing in us. Our h- heart is deceitful and wicked, who can possibly know it? Only God. <clears throat> Only God. So when you confess, that's when he runs to you. He doesn't ever leave you. But he runs to you. He's like that away, that away. Watch, watch how I'm working. Watch how I work, right? And you unleash his power. You unleash his power, just like Daniel did as he was praying for those three years um, for um, the captivity to end, right? So he says he has confirmed his words as it is written in the law of Moses. So, so Daniel realizes that even in his judgment against Israel, because remember he had judgment against Israel, what we just read, God was totally faithful to his word, which he always is, okay? because he promised that curses would come against a disobedient Israel. He promised that. If you... Disobey, there's going to be some problems. I'm gonna to have to discipline you. If you obey, there's going to be a reward. This is how it's gonna work. And he told him time and time and time and time again. You can read it in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 29. No, 28, excuse me, 28. Okay. He promised. Remember, remember when we learned the promises are just as true for us in Daniel's timeline that we have, right? As believers, <laughs> where rapture, and then, right? And then the thousand years, rain, and this, 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 and woo! Okay, right? The promises are true for us, but the promises are also true for the unbelievers. Okay? Just like he talked about in the Old Testament, if you obey Israel, this is what's going to happen. If you don't obey Israel, this is what's going to happen. And they didn't obey, and that's what happened. And that's and he has to be, who he is. He's God. He can't be anything else but. Okay? And so, you know, the, the promises of God will always, always stand. He goes on to say, All this disaster has come upon us. Remember Daniel saying this to God. All this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord. Okay? So all this stuff is happening. And meanwhile, they're still not confessing. Okay? And so as Daniel confesses his sin and the sin of Israel, he comes to the sin of prayerlessness. The sin of prayerlessness. Okay? Even when they faced trial, they faced calamity, they faced all kinds of hardships, okay? Israel didn't, still did not make their prayer before the Lord. It still didn't bring them to their knees they did not fall to their knees and pray, okay? And when we sense trial, when we sense difficulty, okay, you guys, we should be immediately driven to our knees. That's the first place to go. Do not call someone. Do not call and get everybody's opinion on something. You already know God's opinion on it. That's why you need to be in the Word, right? You're in the Word in prayer, in the Word in prayer, in the Word in prayer. Okay, it's double, double way to live you, with one, one accord in mind that we can be conformed to the likeness of His Son. There's no re- reason to run to somebody else until you run to Him first. And then guess what? As you're praying, you can include other people in how to pray, just like Daniel was doing. He was being the intercessor. That's what you do, because I promise, if you rationalize and you run to other people first, you're not going to hear the voice of the Lord. You're going to hear all the other stuff that's going to come at you, all the chatter, all the behind you. This is what I think, this is what I think. If people, what you're talking to, if they don't lead you right to the Word, and they start telling you their stuff, and what they think, hang up. (laughs) Hang up, because you're going to be walking in the wrong direction. You're going to be walking in the wrong direction. If they don't lead you to the Word of God, And what the Word of God says about this, okay? And they start, you know, there's a very big tendency to gossip prayer. You know this.
1: Big tendency. Oh, you know, and you
0: know, I'm just praying for blah, blah, blah. Really? Really? What? Oh, oh, yes, I'll be praying. Please. (laughs) Please. That is gossip prayer. Right? That is no, that has nothing to do with what Daniel is doing. Is he's interceding and he's going before and confessing sin? Right? That has nothing to do with that. And what happens is, is Israel was prayerless, and that's a sin. Prayerlessness is a sin. He didn't call out to him. He says, "Call me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things." Right? I'm right here. What took you so long? Waiting for you? Right? I remember, you know, uh, years ago when I when I would run to him, and I remember. I would call it God's eternal blood pressure. Margo, I love you. I love you, Margo. I love you, Margo. I'm like, ah, ah, I love you, Margo, I love you, right? It's like, oh, okay. I give, I give, uncle, uncle, right? No, he wants you to be in communion with him like Daniel was. It was, you know, it would be absolutely normal for Daniel to be calling out to the Lord for Israel. Absolutely normal. Because that's who he was. Right? And he continued to be that way. If you're not that way, you can be. It's just being in the Word, you're non-negotiable, face-to-face time with them, and praying, right? And, and going to him always. And, and if I remember there was a, a sweet lady that used to call me quite often. It was probably five, six, seven years ago. And she would share, and she'd be upset, and, and she would go on about you know, situations. And they were hard situations. I'm not. They were hard situations. And I would just say, you know, honey, we're going to stop here now, and I don't need to hear everything. Okay, because if you hear everything, now you've got to process that. Because you're gonna, it's going to come through some kind of funnel to you, okay? And I said, you know what? I know God knows this, but what I'm going to tell you is we're going to go to the Word of God. We're going to go to the Word of God, and then we're going to pray. We're not going to be talking about it all. Because if you ever notice when you start sharing, 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 you end up talking about it all, and then guess what? You never get to pray. That's a trick, right? That's a trick from the evil one, right? Right? Oh, no. No, you go out to prayer. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But see, you, he didn't know who he is, so you can worship him and go to prayer and who he is, right? Otherwise, you, you know, you're trying to figure out, well, what should I say? But when you're in the word of God, just like Daniel was all the time, it just comes easily. Oh, wait, this his promise. His promise is this. I'm praying his promises. He has to stand on this. He, he had to deny himself. That's who he is. And so you're able to walk. You're able to walk and be that intercessor or that person, right? And so that's what he continued to do. And he says, Who brought all the disasters come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God. Who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand. There he goes. He tells them again. He always remembers. He's, he's worshiping and telling them, look, you brought, you brought us out of the land of Egypt. I mean, that's a big deal. All those years, we were still disobeying. We were really jerks, this and you brought us through. You brought us. You parted the Red Sea. You did everything for us. You fed us, right? I mean, he, he was amazing. He gave us water, okay. And as Daniel's praying, he remembered that the Lord delivered Israel from Egypt. When you're praying, you need to remember how you're delivered, how you've been delivered. You always want to remember. It's not about complaining. It's not about looking back and seeing it. But it's looking back and seeing how faithful he is. How faithful he is. How you've been delivered. Time and time and time and time again. So guess what? Are you going to be delivered now? Oh, you bet you are. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's the never-changing God. And so he looks back and he goes, Look what you did here Right, look what you did here. You brought your people out. Of, he, remembers, he remembers the Old Testament standard of God's power. That's the Old Testament standard of God's power. The deliverance from, from Egypt for Israel. Okay. And then the New Testament, as you well know, standard of God's power is what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, is in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, which tells you that. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so, and so you you always remember, I mean, you know, you go back to Exodus 13 and 14. And now Moses is standing at that Red Sea, right? And it's, remember? It's lapping at his feet. Israel's are Israel Israelites are grumbling behind him. And then they can hear the roar of the chariots and the horses coming. They can probably feel it in the ground, right? And Moses stands, one person, one person, take one person trust one. him is it you? is it you? just one and he stands and he says to all these grumbling people for all these years he says the Lord will fight for you you only need to be still today you'll see your enemy no more whoa one man one big guy, knowing who he is, knowing who he is, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt. Right? What do you remember when you pray? What do you remember when you pray? How he delivered you, time and time and time again. How he saved you. How he picked you up out of a pit. How he gave me children when I was in prayer. How he was faithful and faithful and faithful. How even though I slapped him in the face a million times, he still came after me. What do you remember? As you pray. Ask yourself that. What do you remember? Remember how he delivered you. Remember how he delivered you. Then in verses 16 through 19 of uh, chapter 9, um, I want you to read that with me. Or let's start in 15. Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and you made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned and we have done wrong. O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act for your sake, O my God. Do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. Wow. This is the petition. Worship, confession, petition. This is the petition, okay? This is urging the Lord to fulfill his promise to end the 70-year Babylonian captivity. And he is very fervent in this, isn't he? He is absolutely has an objective with the Lord. Okay, and so he says, you know, he, he asks God to forgive and to restore Jerusalem. And he says, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem. Okay, so after his confession of Israel's sin that he had just gone through, okay, and God's great righteousness, he was, he was comparing, like, whoa, you're so righteous, and, you know, we have so sinned, right? Shame of face, okay? Daniel simply asked God to mercifully turn his kindness, right? His kind attention to Jerusalem. Just turn your face to Jerusalem. Mercifully. Merciful. Not getting what we deserve, right? Not getting what we deserve. Turning your face, look at Jerusalem, look at the temple, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary. Cause your face to shine on your sanctuary and that God, you would do it without delay. You would do it without delay, right? Do not delay for your own sake, not for mine. He could easily have said, hey, you know, God, I've been in captivity for 67 years. <coughs> and I haven't really excuse <coughs> been serving you. If you haven't noticed. I have really been giving it my all. I mean, I mean, look, right? He could have easily done that. Did he do that? No. It wasn't for his sake that he wanted to get out of there. It was for your sake, Lord. It's for your sake. In other words, it's the same thing that Jesus did, right? Walking the earth. Not my will, but what? Yours be done. If you could possibly take this from me, take this from me, you know, this cup from me going to the cross to take all the sin of the world. Okay, and, and if you could possibly take this from me, do. But if not, not my will, yours be done, right? It's for his purpose, his glory, right? Do not delay for your own sake. And so, you see, Daniel's praying as a patriot, right? He's not praying as a patriot, you know, for the kingdom of Israel. He's praying for a patriot of the kingdom of God, that's how you pray, as a patriot for the kingdom of God. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Right? We need to pray with that similar patriotism, 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 right? For the kingdom of God. All right. Spurgeon says, "Let it never be said that the Church of God has no feeling of patriotism for the holy city, for the heavenly land, and for her glorious King enthroned above." To us. Christian patriotism means love to the Church of God, Church, Body of Christ, Body of Christ. Okay, so Daniel asks all these things according to your righteousness, right? Not nothing about me. This isn't because I'm asking. It's because of who you are in your righteousness. Okay, it, it's like it's like Daniel is praying this, Lord. I'm not asking you to do anything against your righteousness. Are you following me? I'm not asking you, Lord, to do anything against your righteousness. Okay? All right. I'm praying this to advance your righteous glory. Okay? To advance his righteous glory, God's righteous glory. Okay? That needs to be our underlying purpose in our praying, right? That we're advancing God's glory. Right? Of course he's going to answer that, isn't he? You're advancing God's glory. Here's what Spurgeon says Um, Oh, that we might learn how to pray so that God should be the subject as well as the object of our supplications. The subject and the object of our supplications, of our pleadings. God is the subject and object. Okay, if you remember this sentence, you know, break down the sentence. You've got a subject and an object, right? Okay, so he's the subject and the object of our supplications, okay? O oh God, thy church needs thee above everything else. A poor little sick neglected child needs 50 things, but you can put all those needs into one if you say that that child needs its mother. So the church of God needs a thousand things, but you can put them all into one if you say the church of God needs her God. Huh? Is that great? The needs are God, okay? And so he's saying, according to your righteousness, right? And cause your face to shine. Just steep just in that a minute, right? He's asking God to cause his face to shine, right? Holy, more brilliant than the sun, right? You can't even look at it, right? It's so awesome, right? He's causing his face to shine. This is the heart of Daniel's feet. He 's asking God to cause his face to shine. He knows that god 's people need this so much, okay, and they need so much period, but that need can be summed up in this: they need God for your face to shine in them right that's all I ever really need. Oh God, I need your face to shine. In them. oh God, I need your face to shine. In them. I'm my right Shine in the darkness. Create the light. And he says, for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. And then he says, do not delay for your own sake. Do not delay for your own sake. So Daniel's prayer is consumed with the glory of God. God's fingerprints everywhere. The glory of God. God's fingerprints everywhere, right? Consumed with the glory of God, okay? Not primarily the benefit of man. Are you following me? A lot of us pray for the benefit of us, for the benefit of man. He's consumed with the glory of God to be shown. And guess what? As plunder and has come, guess what? Of course it will benefit man, according to his righteousness, according to his righteousness, okay? And so his purpose in prayer was to see God's work accomplished. God's work accomplished and his cause to be glorified. God's work to be accomplished. God's cause to be glorified. Not my work to be accomplished. Not my work to be glorified. That has nothing to do with it. I need your face to shine on me, Lord. Shine on me. I want your cause to be glorified. Your cause. Your purpose, Teach me your ways. Your ways, Lord. It isn't wrong to pray for your own needs, our own needs. Jesus even taught in our Father. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. But we as human beings take that, and that's pretty much 90% what we pray. Give us this, give us that, make it easy. Do-do-do. Easy street. Mm-mm-mm. You know what? Do this, do that. You know? Like he's magic up. Like he's like he's a waiter. Oh, anything you want gal. Anything you want, anything you want, anything you want, right? That's not who he is. That's not who he is. He does things for his purposes to show his glory, to show his cause on this earth. And we need to agree with him and ask him to shine, shine your face on me. Shine your face on me. On your sanctuary, Lord, right? Your purpose in prayer is to see God's work accomplish. His cause glorified. It is not wrong to pray for your own needs, okay? But we need to have a greater passion for His glory to be done than for our needs to be fulfilled. See the difference? Then you know you've got the right heart motivation. You know you have the right heart heart motivation when you're praying that way. When you're praying that way, okay? It's for the greater passion for the glory and benefit of God. Okay? And so, we need to pray the same way that Daniel is praying. With the same passion for our communities, for our country, for our family. You know, with, with uh, for the work of God to work, to shine his face, kind of thing. We can pray the prayer, um, as I was studying, uh, Psalm 85 came to me. 85 verse 6, he, uh, and this is David saying, Will you, God, not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? You can pray that, right? We can pray the prayer of that. Will you, God, not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you, right? Alone, in groups, okay, we can pray for God to pour out his Holy Spirit, to bring repentance, to bring revival, right? For his people, to awaken the people who don't know him yet, right? For his glory. He wants that. You know that. He says that in his word, he doesn't want anybody to perish, but all to come to know him, right? And so, you know, this, this is the purity of motive then that you know that you're walking in that pure motive. And he loves that. And that's a purity motive that Daniel had in his prayer, okay? And and Daniel, as he's praying this, was changed as well. Right? As you're praying this, guys, as you're an intercessor, you're being changed as well. From glory unto glory unto glory unto glory. He tells us we share his love. Okay, and so he says... We, uh, back to the word he says we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds but because of your great mercies okay right because of your great mercies we you know that's why we present our supplications our pleadings to you okay and here Daniel is praying on basically New Testament ground even though there was a New Testament yet okay his wasn't, confidence wasn't in his goodness it was in God's goodness okay and so that's what it means when we pray in the name of jesus in the name of jesus okay those words aren't just supposed to be tacked on the end of a prayer in jesus name amen like it's you know like just it's rote kind of thing we're not supposed to do that okay um i mean excuse me when we do that it's not supposed to be just tacked onto the end of the prayer as a rote situation, okay? It's it's it expresses the fact that we are praying, we are pleading, all because he's made the way. All because he's made the way to the throne, so my prayers will be here. Right? It's in Jesus' name that we come. In Jesus' name. Right? And so we're able to Pray on Jesus's merit, on Jesus's righteousness. Okay, not our own. There's no open door if we're coming on our own merit to God's throne. It's Jesus. It's always Jesus. Okay, Daniel, guys, he wasn't great because he prayed. Okay, it's not like whoa, what a great guy. Look how he prayed. Okay, he was great because his prayer was an expression of his great trust. This great trust and dependence on God that's why it's great. because because God is great Are used to say God is great and God is good okay because you know what he's great He's great and and Daniel trusted God Period. no matter what he saw he trusted the unseen. No matter what he saw, okay. And many, many religious people, what they do is they spend hours and hours and hours in prayer, like the Pharisees used to. Remember, okay? And guess what? They achieve nada. They achieve nothing, okay? Because it's not rooted in the goodness and righteousness of God. It's rooted in their own. There is none in us. There is none in us, okay? Self-righteous or self-trusting prayers is no power before God. None. No pardon. Spurgeon says this: One of Satan's most subtle delusions is that he succeeds in getting hundreds of thousands of men to trust in prayer apart from faith in the shed blood of Jesus. Right? There's the delusion. You trust in prayer, but it's apart from the shed blood of Jesus. Guess what? That's not prayer. That's not prayer. Okay. So at the end, he says, "O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive." Oh, Lord, listen and act. Isn't that bold? Isn't that great? And you know what he's doing? He's wrestling. He's wrestling. Remember, like with Jacob, right? He's wrestling in prayer with God. He's saying, Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, hear. oh, Lord, forgive, right? He, 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 Daniel's praying like a great wrestler right now. Right? He's, he's, he follows up one victory with another request, and another move, and another request, right? And, and he continues to follow up that victory with, with, with rapid movement where he says, "Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act, okay? And so what happens is, is he's expecting him, expecting him, expecting him, expecting him to continue to do this. And Spurgeon says, Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him. Because he has heard me once, therefore will I call again. Right? And so you continue, you continue to ask and and and, and come under this, this humble posture, but you're bold before him because you know his promises, because you know who he is. It's all based on him. All based on him. version ends with saying this cold prayers ask God to deny them. And only humble prayers will be replied to. When the church of God cannot take no for an answer, she shall not have no for an answer. When a pleading soul must have it, when the Spirit of God works mightily in him so that he cannot let the angel go without a blessing, the angel shall not let go till he has been given the blessing to such a pleading one. Brethren, if there be only one among us that can pray as Daniel did with intensity, the blessing will come. Don't you want that to be you? Don't you want that to be you? Right? Let that be me. Right? The saint who advances on her knees, right, will never have to retreat. The saint who advances on her knees will never have to retreat. Oh Lord, hear. Right? Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. Right? The New Testament encourages us to approach God with confidence, expecting. Him to respond in accordance to His perfect will. Okay, He tells us that. I want you to read these verses this week as you're going, as you're as you're seeing Daniel um, and how he prayed, and how in the New Testament God encourages us um, to pray, to approach Him with confidence, expecting Him to to absolutely respond in accordance to His perfect will. So His perfect will. His promises, right? His promises. We, we have over 3,500 of them, all right? And so we're able to pray that. Um, I want you to read Matthew 7, 7 through 11. And remember to read the context, guys, all oh, in, okay? I'm just giving you specific. Um, John 14, 13 and 14. And then 15, John 15, verse 7. Ephesians three twelve. And Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. 19 through 22. Okay? I want you I want you just to steep in those. Uh, and, and then continue to read um, Daniel 9. We're going to um, see how Gabriel comes. Gabriel, remember? Angel, right? Comes and shares and, and gives him understanding. Okay? And then Gabriel is like. Yeah, well, just wait to hear this about the 70 years, dude, right? And so, you know, then we go into the whole prophecy part of it. So we're going to uh, finish up with Gabriel for a bit next week, and then we're going to kick into the uh, prophetic area of Daniel 9, okay? And so and so, um, you have to remember that Gabriel is the one who came and spoke with who? In the New Testament. Mary, Mary told him Jesus was going to be born to her, right? And who else? Elizabeth. Tell her john the baptist who was born they were cousins okay and to daniel another time remember before he spoke gabriel came to daniel as well so gabriel shows up on the scene it's very very easy you know heaven and earth are very very close for angels they fly and a messenger you know he's the messenger and he's there Uh, yeah you must have been this because i just had it